Halo's people, right? Can you imagine having that on your resume? What you did for the past five years? Sat in a room and laughed. Somebody recorded me and paid me for it. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! <laughs> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. Featuring the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the the guy with many post-nominals that we're going to learn about today. The co-host of the show, the star of the show. Some call him the wild man. Others call him Captain Sanity. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ricky Bias. Hello, Captain Sanity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't steal Captain Insano. I mean, that was already uh, taken in a movie, you know, so it's not Captain Insano. It's Captain Sanity. He keeps you grounded. I like Captain Insano. Captain (laughs) Insano is great. Uh, we're I got the right movie. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny to me that uh, you, sir, are such a huge Star Wars fan, and it just coincidentally panned out that your life story is a trilogy. It's going to be a trilogy with this marking the third sequence <laughs> in that, and then we're going to have to go back like in 10, 20 years and do another three episodes about the time before that time. It's going to be crazy. I just, I don't know. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, I mean, the third installment is going to be released almost on May 4th with, of course, you know, May 4th is. Almost Cinco de Mayo. I get it. I get no, it. No, you don't know. May 4th. Come on, dude. You really don't know what May 4th is. It's the unofficial Star Wars holiday. Oh, May the fourth that. be with uh, dude. If I have to explain, I got a second. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. What's it? May the fourth be with you. <laughs> it's, the, it's the unofficial Star Wars holiday. Come on, dude. You should know that. See this. This just panned out perfectly for you, didn't it? Your trilogy. I just don't know that in 20 years we get to do the prequel because uh, we started when I was living in Puerto Rico when I was six years old. Yeah, we're going to have to go into like your 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 parents, like your mother's life, you know. <laughs> and when, Yes. And when my mom's grandma was fighting evil Darth Maul with a lightsaber. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. We were shopping at the dark mall. <laughs> <laughs> and we speak English unbelievably well. Yeah, no, I mean, that is always shocking, right? Hey, um, it's been a wild week, very wild week. A lot of great positive feedback about the the last program, and and a lot of people are really enamored by you, by you, you know. I paid them off. Are you um are you planning on having merchandise, T-shirts, autographed (laughs) photos, anything on the back end of this? You know what? You sprung this on me two weeks ago. Or three weeks ago, whenever. No, two weeks ago, you sprung this on me. So I was not ready for it. So no, I haven't got any marketing. I don't think I don't think the amount of effort and time it's going to take into putting merchandise is going to be worth selling five units. My mom, your mom, <laughs> our spouses. So yeah, I don't think it's well, going to be worth it. So we, we're both, good. we both know the face of the franchise is not going to buy your merchandise. 
Come on. No, he's not. He'll steal it. You owe him you owe him his merchandise already. I know. So, you know? I knew. <laughs> but that's why How we keep him around. He is the face. He is the public forward facing face of this franchise. And uh last I heard he's still doing pretty fantastic and we still record at a time that's very inconvenient for him. He yeah, he does do a lot in his community, believe it or not. And he's an uh, essential associate. And Sundays are extremely hard for him uh, to partake at the time that we record. So I, I'd like to put a proposition on the table that maybe we have a good talk with him and uh, okay. try to coordinate something to uh, to have some time with him in the coming weeks, maybe on a day when, when it's convenient for him. I miss the guy. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. And uh, last time I talked to him, he was out working. And I'm like, ah, ahead. Essential associate. Yeah, I know. He's, yeah, and he's Poor still guy, working. Man. And speaking yeah, about is. working, this episode in the trilogy, this is going to take us down a very interesting path that a lot of people in human resources <laughs> just uh, want this over with. <laughs> <laughs> just want this over with, bro. <laughs> so, so before we get into your story here, um, the uh, graduating class of 2020, it's been very hard for them. You know, it's been very hard uh, thinking, you know, that all those things that that we had come to know and love about the way that we wrapped up our, our high school years, they don't have yeah. that same opportunity. And there was a online message board, chat room, Facebooky thing that was going on up around here. And uh, everyone's <laughs> chiming in in my daughter's school there talking about the different colleges that they plan on going to the universities, what they plan on doing after high school. And there was one lady who shared a picture of her child and, uh, or grown young adult son. I, I don't know. Old guy, this old guy, this old <laughs> hey, kid, right? The kid, and, you the go. kid, the kid though. And, uh, she was straight out. She's like, yeah, he's going to this school and he's looking to go into human resource management. Oh, so, of course, I had to put a post on there. Not that I was promoting the show at all, but I said, hey, yeah. look, um, if your son desires, we'd be more than happy to have him on the show to talk about yeah. his decision about heading into the field. This is something that we've talked about numerous times on the program, yeah. that decision, that choice, that tipping point. And coincidentally, this comes on the exact episode that we are about to learn how you, sir, made, oh. how you transitioned. I did. Yeah. From the Marine Corps <laughs> to civilian life. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big HR. choice. It's a big choice in your that. life when, when you've been living one way and then you woke up one day and, and you said, it's, it's time I'm going to go out public with this. It's time to transition and bring this to the table. You made big choices and we're going to learn about that today. So where we left off, you don't I pick HR. Of it, you didn't pick HR. <laughs> HR picked you. You've told this to yeah, the world multiple times. So it's okay. At some point you embraced it in transition. So you, you, uh, in the last program talked about the time in the uh, Marine Corps. You talked about your service and leading up to that point in time when you finally took your first airplane ride home and leaving active duty service. And that, sir, is where we left off. Do you recall? I do. I do. I, uh, I decided to fly back to Orlando and uh, trying to decide what the hell else I'm going to do in my life. So at this point in the story, you're officially discharged from active duty service and or, or you're like on that terminal leave type process where, yeah, I'm still getting paid because I'm accrued all my accrued leaves getting burnt up and now I'm yeah. home and 
and things are you've got a little bit of pad to kind of figure out life, right? Correct. Yeah. So um, I, I got out about three weeks earlier than what I normally would have because I had some leave left over and that's called terminal leave. You just leave a little bit earlier. And um, I got home. It was weird. I got home uh, the end of October. No, the beginning of October. And three weeks later, I, fi- I find a job. I find a job. Oh, and, wow. That yeah, was, that yeah, was yeah. fast. It, so in yeah, those first three weeks. weeks, like you're decompressing, right? Like your your head's going from, it's hey, weird. I got to wake up and run yeah. every day into, hey, I'm 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 not doing nothing, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, it's weird. It's weird waking up and not have to, not having to worry about going to go get chow and then going to formation, and then figuring out what you're going to do after formation. So that was weird. Now we've done it before when we ever went on leave, but this is. The, this is different. This is like, okay, now I'm not doing this anymore. This thing that was beating to my head for the past four years. So every day you're waking up and you're, you're searching for a job or every day you're waking up and you're just enjoying life. What, well, this, what was well, your focus? Well, well, this is the end of 1999. So my 20, yeah, 21 years ago, pretty much. Um, so when I was, I was looking for a job, but I was enjoying my time out. So, yeah, I was partying and I was doing my things and I just wanted to find something that I can do that could support that, hey, I'm still celebrating getting out lifestyle. And, and at this point, like socially across the globe, a lot of people aren't committing to too many things. This is that whole Y2K era. We didn't yeah. know if the world <laughs> yeah. was going to end as per the Mayan calendar. Think, uh, things were nuts. People were standing on street corners with signs proclaiming that the world will come to an end. And, yes. and, and people will get in debates about this consistently. Didn't you used to head down to the street corners and debate the homeless guys? I No. I would I would go to downtown Orlando and go to different bars. And if I saw a guy with a sign, I would just ask him a question about why he feels that way. But then I continue on. It wasn't like I set up a podium with two stands and call in <laughs> CNN and Fox News to come over and watch this debate. No, right. that didn't happen. Right, right, right. Um, but no, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's it was towards the end of the uh, of 1999. Y2K was scaring the crap out of everybody. Um, and, and remember, this was at a time when the internet was not as relevant as it is now. So Monster is 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 around, um, but it's not widely used. So everything was still, hey, show up and apply or just apply to the website. So that's what I did. I just started driving to different places, submitting applications, and uh, I, uh, I landed a job uh, doing um, customer support. No, uh, collections for First USA Bank. That Bank sounds horrible. It was the worst, bro. (laughs) It was the worst, man. And I learned a lot about people in that job, believe it or not, because my whole job was to call people who were late on their payments uh, on their credit card payments. Oh, okay. And yeah, so so that was their whole whole um, um, operation. And not one of those calls was positive. Because you're calling people who are more than 30 days past due. Nobody's happy to hear your voice, right? <laughs> so everybody's yelling oh, at me. Oh, Jake from State Farm. Hey. <laughs> what pants are you wearing, Jake? <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't well, like jokes that. Jokes on you. I'm not wearing pants. Um, no, no, not at all, man. It, 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 it really wasn't. Everybody I called was pissed that I was calling. Um, but one call really stands out. I called this lady because she was late. 
And um, she didn't speak any English. So she asked me if I spoke Spanish. So I'm like, claro que sí. So I started going back and forth with her in Spanish. And she tried to throw every excuse under the sun as to why she hasn't paid and why I should take out the late payment fee. And the and uh, the long story short, the excuse she gave me is, well, the billing statements are in English and I can't understand it until oh. you send one to me. Yeah. <laughs> Until you say one to me in Spanish, then I'll be able to pay because that's when I know when it's due. That's interesting, actually. Now, if, it is if, interesting. If, if you take that at face value, if you take that on good faith, there, there's there's something there. But but at the onset of some of these agreements, they're pretty clear sometimes that communication will be in English, etc., or they, they may pose uh, bilingual opportunities at the onset on some of these agreements, right? So, like, she, the bills were being paid on time up until that point, then all of a sudden, English <laughs> couldn't be understood anymore. Is it? I get you. No, I don't, because my, I was trying to understand what about the number seven and five spelled different or, or, or sounded or looked differently, whether the statement was in Spanish or in English. Numbers are numbers, right? So if you can see that there's this amount of money due by this amount of time, I don't, I don't care what language you speak or don't speak. You know what's due when. I'm just trying to right? imagine like a billing statement where it says Ocho, <laughs> you know, instead of eight Ocho spelled Cico. out. Yeah, no, they actually write the numbers. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's a... Uh, it's weird, and then, uh, but then that company. Oh, but those are English weird. numbers, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm like, wow, you really think you're gonna pull that fast one? All right, cool, no problem. Um, anyway, so a couple of weeks on that team, uh, they said, hey, we're we're gonna start a Spanish speaking team only for that market. So they put me on, uh, on that team. Well, there's a big pay differential then, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a good 25 cents an hour pay differential. Nice. I mean, it, it helped. It helped for nothing. Um, no, but I worked there for about six months and that job right there, I learned a valuable lesson. I learned a valuable lesson. What was that? About being there as a leader because I worked there for six, seven months and I saw my supervisor twice. The day I started at the team and the day I told her I was going to resign. That was the only time I saw her. It, and I was shocked at how shocked she was that I, that I was resigning. Really? It's, yeah, because she was like, but you're doing so well and you're doing this. And I'm like, this is the how second I know? time I've ever seen you, <laughs> right? I've never, I saw you six months ago. I just come in, clock in, do what I got to do and make sure that I get my – my right buckets of uh, uh, my goals, the typical buckets. Um, I hit the, the right buckets and go home, but I've never, I never had any kind of one-on-one interaction with you. And to me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. So I left. So, uh, so why, why was that such a landmark moment for you though? I mean, it's obvious, but as, as you think because, back now, the importance of that moment in hindsight, because prior to that, I was in the Marine Corps and, and in the Marine Corps, they they teach you two 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 mission objectives. The first one is mission accomplishment, and the second one is troop welfare. So the troop welfare in this position with First Security Bank was a hundred percent absent. Absent. Look, I don't care how much Big Worm pissed us off, but that cat was there for us. If we had a pay issue, First Sergeant was there. If we had an issue anywhere with our finances, whatever we needed, 
so we could stay on top of line to do our job, the senior leaders were there. They could chew you out one minute and they help you out the, the next minute. I leave, and that was drilled into me so much that that was almost second nature. And as the recipient, I sat there and I'm like, there's no leadership here. Nobody's. If I have an issue, I can't get a hold of anybody. You want to know how, how I would have called out sick? I never did. But if I would have called out sick, I would have to show up the next day and say, hey, I didn't come in yesterday because of A, B, and C. You can't get a hold of anybody. <laughs> it was ridiculous, bro. <laughs> it really was. Um, it, it, so I just, I just couldn't do that. I was, I was getting paid nine bucks an hour. And, and and human resources was not instrumental in your world at that point in time. Like onboarding into the call center, there was someone having you help fill out paperwork, but these were more direct report scenarios and leadership that was built within that structure. Not only is it not in my in my mindset at that at that moment in time, I didn't even know that field existed. Okay, I I, I did not. It, gotcha. I wasn't too much into business, right? Um. So anyway, so I decided to quit. I leave. Bye. And I was roaming around for about three weeks and I was helping a friend move. And her father was a big wig at a telecommunications company called Telabs. Anyway, we started talking or whatever. And I started telling him what I do for a living and what I did. Anyway, so he got me a job as a site supervisor for a telecommunications organization uh, working from home. I was I was 23 years old making almost six figures, and I about lost my mind. <laughs> I about lost my freaking mind. I've never had that kind of money. That I've never had that kind of money before. Yeah. yeah. And, and here I am. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm rich. I made it. I'm going to <laughs> Ikea <laughs> and then Chick-fil-A. I'm going to buy a Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that job, um, all I did was fly um, anywhere in the southeast region from uh, South Carolina down to the Caribbean and or, or the north part of, of Venezuela, of South America. Um, and I was just flying all over, just overseeing these installation jobs that make cell phone communications possible. So you didn't uh, have to back- like swallow balloons or anything like that? No, 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 no. Okay. There, there was right. no balloon swallowing, thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I had, the, I had the Southeast, uh, a little bit of time in Venezuela, too. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, right. Right? Right? right. <laughs> yeah. No. So so you get to go back and forth, back and forth, uh, flying all over the place to the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, um, uh, the Barbados. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then 9-11 hit. And in 9-11, I was supposed – I was in the Barbados overseeing a job. And I was supposed to fly back that Wednesday, the 12th. But then that thing happened on Tuesday. Um, and it was weird because I'm in paradise. And all these things are happening back home. And it was just really weird. Um, so I was stuck there for about a week. I got back. And you, and you know how the economy got hit pretty bad back then after, after people just decided not to start flying. Um, and then uh, the the bubble bust, all IT jobs started being cut, all telecommunication jobs started being cut. So shortly after that, I got laid off. Got laid off from uh, from uh, Telabs. And I was not ready for that, bro. I was not ready. And I'm not talking about mentally. I'm talking about financially. 
Right. Because I was living like I thought that job was it. I was never going to leave that job. Right. But not, I'm buying not, things not left and right. To the future, not thinking that uh, this is the climate of the market or things to consider. You're just day to day tasking and yep. hey, I have my trust in you, you trust in me, and we're just going to keep moving forward. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was just completely oblivious to what I thought I needed to do. So I'm laid off, I'm in debt. Uh, and, and I'm trying to find all these jobs and I still got my GI bill that I haven't used. And I'm like, I'm going to school was not in my, in my, in my list at all. Um, so still no school and I'm trying to apply, dude, I'm applying to everywhere, 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 everywhere. And a company that I used to work with, uh, that I hired during tail labs to do a, a, a job install, they even said, Hey, Ricky, We'll hire you. If they let you go, we'll hire you. We can make you a foreman. And um, and it would have been a pay cut, right? But still making about 30 bucks an hour. Back then, that wasn't that bad. Um, and I said, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, thinking I'm just going to find something else. My wife back then was pissed. She's like, you're going to give up that job just because you want to continue to find something else? Anyway, so I started applying to all these different places. I, w- I wanted to stay in IT, though. I applied for IBM, Microsoft, Circuit City back then, uh, Zero, all these companies, Hewlett Packard, and I'm applying, 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 and <laughs> I gotta laugh. I gotta laugh a little bit, just real quick. I, I'm really into the IT field, so I'm applying to all these places to include a box store. <laughs> <laughs> Because to me, I'm like, all right, I listen, want to be listen, around listen. computers and yeah. information technology. You know, I'm, I'm really into <laughs> that no like longer exists, by the, way. <laughs> the construction of buildings and, and engineering. And I applied to all these firms where I could be an McDonald's. architect <laughs> as well as Home Depot. And on the backside, it was like, wait a minute, Rick. Hang Dude, on. I'm being honest. That's right. where no, I that's applied, right. man. All right. That's so shotgun spread. It's out there everywhere. And Circuit everywhere, City calls man. back. No, no. Circuit City did not call back. Bastards. You deserve what you got. Um, so, um, Circus City didn't call me back. Hewlett Packard did. Um, they call me back and they're like, Hey, come on in. We want to do an interview. Okay, fine. It was a customer service position. I, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. So anyway, um, I did, I, I do remember one of the sergeants that helped me out, uh, Sergeant Hardy back then. He helped me out putting together a resume before I got out. And I remember something he said, Hey, look here, bias. If you go ahead and you are interviewing for a job, do as much research as possible before you go into that company. They want to see people who take the initiative. All right, Sergeant, that's what I'll do. And so I did a little bit of research, and I'm like, Hewlett Packard. And I'm like, there's no Hewlett Packard in Orlando. Who are these people that call me? The interview was the next day. Right. And uh, anyway, long story short, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It's not Hewlett Packard. It's Hewlett Associates. Hewitt Associates is the world's largest HR outsourcing firm. So at this point, you're thinking in one in one aspect of your mind, I'm I'm about to be in like an episode of The Office, selling printers and paper, and the world is going to be fantastical. And then on the other side, now it's not Hewlett Packard. It's, it's not Hewitt. Hewitt Associates. Okay, HR consulting firm. Wow, the day so, prior, and you're thinking the, printers. And nothing to do I'm with I'm thinking printers. IT. Yeah. I'm thinking networks. I'm thinking all kinds of all things, right. right? Right. So I'm researching where these guys are, and I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't – I applied for Hewitt. I have no idea who these people are. 
But I'm thinking, I, I need a job. I got to do something. I'm three weeks out and sure. I don't have any money coming in. Right. So I said, F it. I, I'm just, I remember, I remember the sergeant again telling me, whatever you do in an interview, be confident. All right, sergeant. So next thing you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go and see what happens. The worst they can do is kick me out of there and, and then they'll, they'll, they'll have a story to tell. Sure. So I get there and I do my interview and lucky me, I could tell um, that there is a hiring a, a, a recruiter that's really new and a team manager that's really new because they were more nervous than I was in this interview. Now, for people that don't know, where, where he is in Florida is like a human resources hub for the entire world. There's firms <laughs> that are left and right all over the place with hundreds, if not thousands of employees doing remote HR work for different organizations or software building or et cetera, et cetera. Right? No. Um, so <laughs> there is a, it's a, it's in Research Parkway in Orlando. It's not too far from UCF. A lot of other organizations there, but th there's no other organization that exists like Hewitt, not as large as Hewitt. This this thing is the Walmart of HR outsourcing. That that's that that's who they were back then, right? And but anyway, it, it, it's a. Uh, they're interviewing me, and they are freaking out. And I mean, I mean, I can see them sweating. They're nervous, and I'm like. Am, am I, I'm the one who's supposed to be nervous here. This is what I'm supposed to, uh, to uh, be doing. So they're asking me all these questions, and I'm just answering. I'm looking them in the eye, JC. I am being as direct and as confident as possible because I remember just be confident, be confident, even if you BS and be confident. So I BS my way through that entire interview, and they were asking me, what do you think about leadership? And I was throwing some acronyms that they don't know about. Well, when I was the lead, that's OCR team, and here's what I did, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, and they just write things down. <laughs> so an hour of agony go by, yeah. and uh, all right, we're done. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to get this job. I'm just going to get the hell out of here, right? Because uh, I, just, I just, you know, I just take a shot. The next day they call me. The next so, day. The next day they call me. Oh, He's wow. like, hey, Ricky, we just want to make you an offer. You didn't we even send a thank you letter. No, 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 no. They just, they just said, hey, here you go. And, 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 and again, thank you notes back then were sent via mail. It wasn't done as much through, uh, through um, So I assembled uh, email. I, I had a telegram <laughs> message to send. Well, let me tell you how long ago this was. My email address was whatever, whatever at excite.com. If you Ooh. remember how old that was. <laughs> yeah. And that was right after my AOL one. So, nice. um, so yeah, so um, they gave me a call and they said they wanted to make me an offer to be a benefit specialist uh, for the Hewitt team for the Lucent Technologies um, uh, client. Okay. And I'm like, awesome. And they were going to offer me a whopping $22,000 a year. Hey. <laughs> hey. And I'm like, you're down desperate at this point now. Coming down from ninety eight that yeah. I was making with a <laughs> with a, yeah so yeah yeah so twenty I'm like okay I got no college degree fine I'll do it but at this point bro I had to fess up because I'm like look they're taking a shot at me I need to be honest with them I'm like hey guys I just I don't know if you noticed this in the interview I have no idea what human resources is. I have no idea what benefits are. I know what they are as a recipient of benefit, but I don't know the first thing about total compensation packages. And they're like, don't worry, we'll train you. I'm like, uh, okay, all right. So I figured right. let me do it for three months. And all right, I, I just needed a job. 
But you're walking into their Taj Mahal for this interview, and you're seeing thousands of employees. Dude, this is like yes. the Walmart of HR, You've just like there. you said. You've been yes. there. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're blown away at the fact that like there's there's opportunity here. It's not like it's yeah. going to go under. It's not like one guy stuck in Barbados. No, no, exactly right. So, well, I mean, it's what could I lose? Nothing, right? I could just get fired in the process. I'll get a couple of paychecks. Sure, sure. But I, I was just going to figure it out. But they took a shot and they and they trained me. So I started working. Do it. They trained me all about benefits, the cafeteria plan, how pre-tax, post-tax works, and open enrollment stuff like that, retirements. And uh, next thing you know, I'm on the floor. If you was a retiree from Lucent Technologies or you were an employer for Lucent Technologies and you had a question about your benefits, you pick up the phone, dial the number, and you get me. Nice. That's what I did. And that was the birth of my HR career. So we're talking 2003, 2002, somewhere the in end there. Of 2001. End the of end 2001. End of 2001. End of 01. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of 2001, beginning of 2000. Yeah, yeah, beginning of 2002. So you, so, so from that point forward, you're learning the entire thing from the ground up, and you've been with them ever since, right? No. Oh. So, right. <laughs> so, but hold on. I thought it was going to be a short show. Go ahead. <laughs> what happened? I think it's important to note. <laughs> I think it's important to note that this is the first, the second biggest decision in my life that came across my path by mistake. What do you mean? Because remember, the the first one was after high school when I joined the Corps. I was I thought I was walking into the army office. Nope. Right? Nope. <laughs> this one I thought I was and then I, I spent four years there. So then I get out and now um I thought I was walking into interview with Hewlett Packard and it turned out to be HR. And I just happened <laughs> to spend nineteen years in that industry after that. Unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, I started working there, started loving it. And uh, two years there, started learning about benefits. And I got promoted to lead management consultant when I handled FMLAs and, and stuff like that. And then employer relations. And now I'm, then that's when I started thinking, maybe I should go to school for this. So, I got the GI Bill, uh, you know, just went and got my bachelor's and I kept doing it. And the employer's and helping it. pay for that, too. Hell no. They oh, okay. No, no, they're not. They're, okay. Now, Hewitt was good to us back then because uh, they had free breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was one of – actually, the only organization in Central Florida that did that. Yeah, it was like Google. So, like you could literally go down and get as much yeah, food as perfect. you want. You just couldn't take it back to your desk, right? Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, they'll watch you if you, if you're like putting stuff in your bag, right? If, yeah. you, if you're trying to, you know, steal like a gallon of milk, then you might have an issue, but <laughs> no, bro, they, it's a, every, every floor had a couple of fridges with soda, Gatorade, all kinds of Ricky, we, we got to talk to you. You took seven cookies yesterday. <laughs> Not like that. You know what though? You know what? I did have to fire somebody later on. What? Uh, I, we, we did have to fire somebody who called out sick. And then showed up the same day for lunch and went back home. <laughs> like, did you call out sick? Like, yeah, yeah, but I'm hungry. Oh, okay. I'll see you tomorrow then. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> oh man. So, anyway, so I did that. Um, so, uh, so starting from benefits, answering the phone, doing all that good, good work, moving up, lead management, consultation services. What, yeah, what what is that? What are you doing? 
That is, so those same companies that uh, have questions about their benefits, they also would give my team a call when they had, uh, cons- not concerns, but they went, if they wanted to go into a, um, uh, a personal leave of absence or family medical leave, if job protection leave for different states, if the, if the different states had it. That's when I first learned that California is a completely different country when it comes to employment and labor law. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Um, so one so of you're, our partners, you're digging into all these different state laws, into federal laws. You're, you're doing it all at that point, learning yes. from the ground up through practical application at the same time. Yes, correct. Yeah, because, and, and it was more like baptism by fire. I, I, can, I, can, I can attribute my, the foundations of HR, my foundations of HR education to Hewitt because they, they decided to take a shot at me. Yeah, uh, on me, at me, I don't know, whatever. They did not try to produce violence on me. That's not what they did. But they, uh, they, uh, they took a chance and they trained me. And I just took the torch from there. And I was doing that uh, while I was going to school, finished school. Then my position was outsourced to India. So wait, uh, finished school. So so you're going for an associate's at this point for a bachelor's. Uh, bachelor's. You're in the doctorate no. program. Would it? Would it no. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I'm just going back then. Um, a lot of HR degrees were not as available as they are right now. Um, so I just got a degree in business management. Okay. Um, okay. And then, uh, when my position was outsourced, I had to find another job and I found one as a benefit specialist for Orange County government in Orlando, Florida. What? Yeah, man. Yeah. I started working for the government, the government. So you're, government. you're still not certified at this point. You're certifiable. I'm but, certifiable. That's been. Yeah, but that's, you, you've got you now have your bachelor's in hand. You've got years of practical experience, but you're you're not a Sherm post nominal guy. You're not an no. HRCI nope. post nominal guy. Not not, not not yet. Do you know what these things are by that point? I do. No, no, I do. I do. I just didn't see myself in that realm yet. Okay. Not not yet. Not yet. Um. Not I, I want to dig a, in on that. I want to dig in okay. on that for a moment because. People that might be making that transition, making that big life step change and saying it's time. And then now they're going to commit to going to school, right? That differential between just getting your degree on one side, the practical application in the field on the other, and then moving forward with a potential certification in that third bucket to go back to your previous job, right? So... that that importance between the three, if you could just dig in on that for us real quick, not just from the perspective of where we are in the timeline, but bigger picture as well for anyone that might be listening. At this point of the story, I'm not I'm not as serious about my career as what I should have been. I was serious enough to say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my time to school. And I think as soon as I did that, that is when I started to get a bigger love for it. I started to get a bigger passion for HR, which is weird to say. It's weird for somebody to say they're passionate about human resources um, back then, back then, right? Um, so I, the more, it's going to sound weird, the more I went to school, the more I realized how much I didn't know. And in school, I guess it's weird because people go to school just so you can be smart and know things. And what I learned in school is that there's so much more that I don't know, and I fell in love with the process. And 
so at the end of the day, I get, what I got out of school is that I learned that I'm dumber than what I thought I was, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is odd, right? No, but 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 that's the thing about it. So going to school really really got me more into it because I started seeing how what HR was as a recipient of crappy policies and pra- crappy practices, yes, and what it should be in theory, and. It's you throw me starting to work in Orange County government uh, school and me trying to explore all these different passions and you mix that together, you get a really good output of testing and learning because the county, nobody gave a shit about what you did or didn't do. I can easily go there, put my feet up, read the newspaper for 30 years and I get a pension after that. There is no oversight there. There really wasn't. And I, I started there as a benefit specialist a year afterwards. I got promoted to training and employer relations analyst. So I, led a lot of tra- I did a lot of training and development. I dealt a lot with employer relations with the unions, five different bargaining unions, uh, units. And I started doing a lot of training events um, with the associates and learning and development series. And it was really frustrating them walking away saying, wow, Ricky, this was awesome. And then I see them in a grievance pre- process three months later, and I'm like, what, what the hell? I thought you I thought you learned from my class. I'm like, yeah, Ricky, it's so good until I go back to my office and my boss says, yeah, you're not doing that crap here. Oh, oh, yeah. That's when yep. it hit me. Yep. That's when it hit me. I'm like, ah, got it. I see what's going on. It's all about influence and relationship building. And I, I, I don't care what you know about what. If you don't have skills to influence, if you don't build relationships, your skills don't matter. Yeah, but your your environment at that point, though, too, you could infl- in some of those arenas, you could influence all you want. You're not going to change things with some people in some you could circles. Try. <laughs> yeah, correct. You could yeah, try. Yeah. You, and you, you could, could keep try. Trying. You could even drive yourself to drink trying. <laughs> well, you you have to decide what kind of a Sisyphus you want to be. Right. How right. how how much of of the angle do you want to be at to make this change? And that's when I decided I'm like, well, this is crappy. Now, back then I was still in my early may actually mid 20s, mid 20s. Uh, and uh, back then I was more into I love this field now and I'm going to change it. I was really motivated. I'm like, I'm going to change it. And that's what I started doing. And in an environment that it's it takes like murder for you to get fired i got away with a lot <laughs> trying to change this right dude i i would put i never said this out loud before i was set up training evolutions in different departments nobody knew about it i just told them like a week before hey i'm gonna be over there doing diversity see you there in a bit and they're like oh okay they figured it's already sanctioned by uh by the uh the uh, higher ups in hr no i was just bored so I would go to to uh, one of the public works buildings and I would gr- grab everybody, like 80 people in the morning, do a diversity class, 80 people in the afternoon, do whatever. You know, because you got to be smart. You can't take the whole operation out. Sure. I learned that in college. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just started making stuff up, man, because it was really boring. The director had no oversight. The manager had no oversight. Ma- making stuff up, like making the actual coursework up, making the lessons and the classes up, like deriving your own content that direction, started, you mean? I started off just making up my own schedule with the current classes, and then I saw how boring the classes were. So now, then I started making up my own classes. 
and I would just, and even to see if anybody's paying attention, I'll say, hey, in three days, I'm going to be in public works doing a class on sexual harassment. And when they got there, it was really just either um, a disciplinary action, union avoidance, or something completely different, and nobody would bat an eye. It, it, the environment sucks so much that they didn't care that 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 um, that the class was different. They were just glad to be out of the office. And everywhere in the county was that way. Wow. And that another aha moment. I'm like, these people don't care what class they're taking. They just care to be out of the office. So to me, that was an aha moment. Like, why? Why? <laughs> You're going to spend one third of your life in this place and people are so miserable with it. Right. Really, really miserable. So to me, that's something I put on the back of my mind because then I started doing business case and about uh, people who love being at work, people who are satisfied. So I started doing surveys, started aggregating data. Anyway, long story short, I started thinking about um, an initiative to really improve the 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 environment and the morale of, of all the employees at the county and trying to come up with different ways on how people can be happier at work. And one of those ways was uh, telecommute, working from home. Go figure. This is back in 2004, 2005. I forgot when it was, 2005. Uh, thinking about uh, working from home. And I remember bringing that up to the HR director at the time. And uh, I'm not going to say his name, but it, it, it's a... Uh, uh, but he, the way he talks is like, uh, you remember Billy D. Williams when he did the um, Cold 45 commercials? No. What did, what did that sound like? It sounded like you just got to enjoy a nice, smooth Cold 45. And that's how he talked. That's how oh, he talked. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. I'm like, hey, Blank, um, it, it, it's, it's, I took this survey. That's a uh, weird name. <clears throat> well, I'm not going to say his name. Um, uh, so it's, uh, I, I did the, the survey here to data to some people who are dissatisfied with work. I did some, some, some research. This is what we can do to improve that. Yeah. And he's like, well, Rick, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and bring that up to the county administrator and the mayor. They're going to say no. So I'm going to tell you no. So don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm like, well, Hey dude, but well, wait a minute. We haven't even, we haven't even told them about it. He's like, could you imagine standing up there? What do you think the worst thing that could happen to you, Ricky? I'm like, they'll say no. And at least we tried. Anyway, he said no. Oh. All right, cool. All right. Tried it a year later. Um, got it approved uh, to present to the uh, county administrator. And guess what he said? No. No. <laughs> but at least he so, had the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the HR director was right. Um, and that's when I learned um, another aha moment. The aha moment is I don't care how passionate you are on the project you're working on. You always have to create that project and to solve that problem as if the business is yours. But always remember when a decision is made, it's not your business. It is not your business at all because that hurt because I'm like, dude, this is why can't you see this through my eyes? Right. And we had leadership there who just didn't care. They just wanted to make sure the employees were at work clocking in their 40 hours. Just just, just let that sink in for a second. Everything's accountable and traced. Everyone's here and we can account for them. And because that's that, the important thing. That equals Not us production. doing our job. Not production. If people can be at home producing 20% more versus people being upset or pissed off at the office producing 20% less, they prefer the latter. And 
it, to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm done because that's when I decided I'm not going to be Sisyphus anymore. I'm going to throw this ball outside and I'm just going to go do something else. And that's what I did. I so stayed did, with the county. You did not stay with the county all the way till no. today? No. Oh. No, 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 no. Um, uh, I did a present. <laughs> so this is when I, I learned about networking. Okay. One of the presentations that I did at, uh, at the school board about employer relations um, was about six months before. The director of employer relations for the school board saw my presentation and she gave me a call. And she was like, hey, I have a senior manager position and I would love for you to throw your hat in the ring. Be- like, sure. Because you gave that presentation. That was not scheduled. I just called him and said, hey, in three days, I'm going to yeah, be there. Yeah, okay, okay. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. It just showed up, right? Um, so, yeah, so um, uh, I did a presentation. She was there. I did me, my classic me presentation, and she gave me a call. And I, anyway, lo- long story short, I got hired to be a, uh, a, um, a senior employer relations manager for Orange County School Board. So now I started doing investigations with the unions they had and some really nasty things. It's, dude, it, that is not a place for a parent to work. Because the school board? On the investigation side. Uh, got it. Got it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, we, we don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah, because there's some things that, yeah. Anyway, so I did that for a relatively short amount of time. Because in that process, through my career in Orange County with Hewitt, Orange County government, I got my bachelor's, I got my master's, and then uh, whoa, 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 whoa. there's yeah. a whole lot that happened there with the bachelor's and the master's. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it did, it did. So I, Wait, I got so you my, got your master's while you were working at the school board at the county at the county. Okay, so at the b- county. before we continue with the uh, with the school board and the timeline here. Let's let's just step back real quick. Mm-hmm. So you you're using the GI Bill, you're getting the bachelor's degree in business management, mm-hmm. and it's got to be hard working all day, school all night, etc. But you do it. You do it in the standard four year time, correct? I did. I did. And then yeah, you chose work. to immediately go for the master's. So, yes. So it was a full-time school, full-time work, full-time husband at the time. Um, I finished my uh, my bachelor's, but about three months before, I already submitted an application for my master's for Ronald's College. And three months later, I got accepted. So I took a three-month break um, and then started right afterwards for my master's while I was at the county. Wow. And, yeah. And I started, it's at this point, obviously, I've committed. I'm like, yes. okay, this is my thing. Right. <laughs> right. right. So – so I so I've committed to it, and actually, it's a funny story how I started teaching. Um, so Sherm, so at that point, I had just graduated from Ron. This is 2010. I just graduated from my master's, and a couple of weeks later, I took my HRCI test, which is the uh, my uh, HBHR certification, and I got it. And because, you know, all through my uh, through my time and my master's, like, you got to get this. You got to get this. Yeah. Right? I'll get it. Um, and I got it. And then uh, two weeks after I got that, it was the Sherm conference in San Diego. And we went to the Sherm conference and it was amazing. It was amazing. It's like a rock show, right? I, I, I never you're walking remember. Around, you're like, I, oh, my God, there's Leonard Nimoy. Like, where am it, I? It's unbelievable. Almost. 
Tony Braxton was there and Hall and Oates. All right. Nice. <laughs> Literally, they were there. Um, no, so so anyway, and it, it's if you've never been to an HR con- a Sherm conference, it is it is an insanely insane amount of fun time. It really is. Had a great time there. It's uh, like there's twenty thousand HR people there, and everybody's getting drunk. It's partying. It, it's a good time. So anyway. One of the nights, um, we're just walking around trying to find a place to eat. And uh, there's this place there in San Diego called Dick's Last Resort. Have you ever heard of it? No. So this is a place where they do the exact opposite of a traditional restaurant um, customer service. This place, they treat you like crap on purpose. It's a themed restaurant. Oh. Yeah. So, so what they do is. Perfect if- for people in HR. <laughs> dude it was awesome it really was they yell at you they insult you and they sure, go through sure. all this training yeah it's good stuff anyway so I, it was just me and, and a group of us we don't really know each other and they sat us in this big table of 10 right and it's a theme restaurant and everybody is uh, being insulted doing this doing that anyway um they put a pair of thongs that the waiter had in his pocket put it on the head of the lady across from me and started making fun of her. We're all laughing. And he's saying, hey, these belong to you. Find them in my car last night. You owe me $10. Just something crazy, right? They put it on her. She's laughing. I'm laughing. We started talking. And next thing you know, I find out she's the dean of business of business uh, management for South University out of Georgia. So we start talking. Um, an hour later, she's like, give me your resume. And um, we finished the whole uh, uh, conference, and a month later, she gives me a call and offers me a position to teach for South University Get for out. the math, for, for their HR program. Yeah, no, 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 excuse me. It was their nursing program for sure, people sure. to be in, and but it was the HR function part of that. Yes, yes. And how did I meet her? Because she had a pair of thongs on her head across from me at a Dick's Last Resort. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who was next to her? Who's that? Aaron. Aaron, Emery, she's been on the I show do for for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. So Aaron Emery, she uh, she she has been on the show. She's in the HR space, um, and she's really big into uh, vet- uh, veteran a- advocacy groups. And she is going to come on in the next couple of weeks or so with her nonprofit organization uh, for veterans. But anyway, that's how she and I met. We were at the same table together at Dick's Last Resort. She and I were both laughing at, at, at uh, I'm not going to say her name, but at the doctor with the thongs on her head, which was freaking hilarious. But that's how I got my teaching job. Uh, so I started teaching at South, at South U, and I did that for a few years. Well, while you're at the school board concurrently now. Right. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, Orange and County it, and the school board. Yeah. And your HR's CI certified. That test was easy. You had no problems with that one. Right? That was the worst test I have ever taken in my freaking life. <laughs> I will give up one of my kidneys just so Seriously? I would never ever have to take that test again. Why? It was in- Bro, it's for anybody listening. So, but, do but not by this point, to meet this test. So, by that point, you already have your master's. You've locked in your bachelor's, yes, you've locked yes, in yes, the master's, yes. and yeah. now, and that's through Rollins, and, and now the HRCI certification, this is the hardest thing you've done to date? The hard, even after boot camp. I will go to boot camp all over again. I, I will not take this freaking test again. It was insane. Do you Jason. have to take it again? 
if I don't submit my credits, yes. So every three oh, years, yeah. you have to submit your yeah, credits. No, you so I spend mo- – no, yeah. I am. I'm not taking that <laughs> test again, bro. I'm, I guarantee you that. And it's a, it's a nerve-wracking exam. Right? So why did you and pick that one over the Sherm exam? Because the Sherm exam didn't exist at that point. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah, so oh, that was you're, the only one you're available. old school. You're an old school <laughs> yeah. cat. Right. Yeah. Now, now Sherm existed, but their certification program did not. Up until Sherm got their own, a lot of people who were not as familiar in HR as they should be, they always thought the HRCS certification belonged to Sherm, and that was not right. That was very incorrect. It wasn't until as, as we learned uh, by having Amy Dufresne on the show. That's right. The That's CEO right. of uh, HRCI. That was a great show, by the way. It really was. Really was. Really was. Yeah. Big yeah. shout out there. Anyways, so, uh, so hard test, got done with that test, never want to take that test again. Ever, and that gave ever. you which post-nominal? SPHR. Wow. SPHR. Wow. SPHR, and that's after my MHR one, which is the the, the one from Rollins. Okay. Um, so now we're up so, to two post-nominals. We go to the conference in San Diego, <laughs> and now you get a third, right? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, uh, not yet. Not yet. I start teaching uh, because uh, um, I met the dean, and... Um, Anyway, uh, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, and um, uh, I stopped at some point. Uh, I started teaching for a little bit, for a little bit um, at, at Valencia. I just taught there for maybe one semester, and I'm teaching. A, Valencia Community College is here in, or in Orlando. Thank you. And uh, one of my students in there uh, was a recruiter for Darden Restaurants, and um, he's like, uh, hey, you will be great for this position that my colleague is recruiting for. Why don't you apply? Sure. Was he doing that too? Was he talking with a knife hand? No, <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's okay, just, you no, know. you just had the you had the hand <laughs> just motion had going. That knife hand. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, so anyway, I applied uh, to be the employee relations manager for Darden Restaurants, and uh, five interviews, four months it took, and they gave me a shot. They gave me a shot, and. Uh, yeah, man, it, it's uh, I was there for two years at Darden, and I was one of ten employee relations managers for the entire country. For the whole country, nineteen hundred restaurants. So we're we're talking chains like the Red Lobster. We're talking back then. Yeah, yeah back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What what else Re- was under Olive that Garden? Okay. Longhorn, yes. Bahama Breeze. Oh my God, Capital Grill. Uh, later, they acquired Eddie V's Yard House, and I think. That's season 52. And you're doing the HR for all of it. Oh, dude, it was insane. Across was the flying. world. Oh, no, not across the world. Well, I mean, they're worldwide. Across the nation. Across well, the nation. They, they are worldwide, but outside of the U.S. is more franchised. Uh, these, are all, these, these are all corporate uh, restaurants. So I did that was traveling all over, man. I was, I was traveling oh my all God. over. I'm trying to um, think I of was, all the free uh, cheddar biscuits. <laughs> Thinking of all free the free anyway. breadsticks, you know. And you know how many people are fired for stealing that? For stealing free breadsticks? Yes. At Olive Garden? Yes. Are you yes. kidding? No. Seriously? Kidding. What are you talking yes. about? They're because free breadsticks. I I know, but at the end of the shift, if you get caught with forty of them in your backpack, I know they're free, but all they had to do was ask them, "Hey, can I take these home?" Yeah, man, go ahead. But if you don't do that, it kind of says something about your character, right? Ooh, wow, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I've 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 turned people for that. And my job essentially was um, uh, managers will call me, and uh, when they had issues, we'll put investigations to walk them through it. I have to be really knowledgeable of different state laws, uh, and uh, and uh, employees will call me whenever they felt they were being harassed by the manager, and I will be that third party advocate for fairness, and I would travel all over to make sure that. Uh, um, everything was being done fairly. Not just over the phone, in person. They got in to person. see that that smiling, shining face. Uh, it, it was weird <laughs> because I, you know me, bro. It, it, it's I. I like to be jovial in anything I do. I like to enjoy everything I do, and I didn't like as soon as you walked into a restaurant. Everybody just stopped what they're doing and then looked at you because they knew why I was there. They knew as soon as I walked in, somebody's getting fired. Right, and here comes the Green Reaper. Here's and I that. Here's Toby. I <laughs> right. I hated that, and that's when when I learned. Uh, that's another aha moment for me. That's when I learned the the value of building relationships. Right, because I saw how they saw HR. Because before I was there. As far as they're concerned, HR was just negative. As soon as they're here, somebody's being investigated, being placed on suspension, or being fired. So what I did um, is, if I if if I had to be there for two days, I'll plan it for four, because I wanted to spend some time with the crew. You know, I went to a Red Lobster in uh, 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 Brea, California, not too far from Disneyland. And the whole point there, I was supposed to investigate something with the manager, but I wanted to build the rapport with the people in the back of the house. Took off my suit jacket, rolled up my sleeves, and I started making Cheddar Bay biscuits with them. Nice. And it was awesome, dude. Yeah. It is unbelievable how easy it is to make those stupid things. <laughs> but that's good bonding, though, too, at the same time. It is. They no, know it you're is. legit. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one of them took a picture of me because I was there for four hours. So I took off my uh, suit jacket, rolled up my sleeves. I took my tie, tied around my head, looking like a Puerto Rican Rambo. And just I got dust and, and flour all over me. Dude, we, I, I had a blast back there. All right. Do so, you? Uh, I, I have a big question for you. I was able yeah. to obtain a clip that you don't know about prior to today. Do you recall um, <laughs> in the northern Midwest – uh, stopping by a store and having a bad interaction with the manager. Uh, I've got I had a, a clip great of that. Interaction with a manager. It was, it was recorded. I've got a clip of that. Go I'm going to play that for you right now. I want to see which one you're talking about. Who do you think you are? I'm Toby. Yeah. Correct. Um, what gives? What? What gives you the right? What gives you the right? <laughs> A little bit of a flashback right there for you, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's I not guess real. That's all the all the context I'm gonna need, huh? Yeah, that's not real. <laughs> that's not real. That came from the office. That's fine. Oh, but really? like, really, they view you like that. You you are that guy. What gives you the right? You're coming in here from corporate. What gives you the right? And you circumvented that. You took it upon your own. There's nothing in any handbook. There's nothing written anywhere. There's nothing where anyone came out and said to you. When you go there, you go make the biscuits and you spend the time. No, you chose to do this on your own accord. And you built those bridges and you you circumnavigated the hatred so that they weren't saying what gives you the right. You built the trust. Right. Yeah. But it's not. You're right. It's not because I saw it in a book. It's I, I saw an issue there with how I felt as soon as I walked into every freaking restaurant 
as part of my job. But and, you genuinely wanted to connect with the people. You weren't doing it to check a box to say, yep, no, I made yeah. the biscuits in this city. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I just I just wanted to find a way how to just 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 how to bond with them. Right. In a way that it's not there wasn't an agenda behind it. Kind of like, look, I am going to fire three quarters of you tomorrow, <laughs> but today we're going to have a blast like that. No, not like that. Not like that. Not uh, like that. OK, no, 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 no. It, 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 it's the person who I went to investigate wasn't even there that day. But it, it on the back end of these experiences, did you find that people felt more comfortable reaching out and talking to you, reaching out and calling you with questions, concerns, cares, problems? Employees might have felt a little bit more engaged. Did you start to see some of that on the back end? At the back end, at the very, very back okay. end. Because, yeah, because as soon as you do what I do and you walk in there and do that, people are already looking at you with a cynical eye. Well, you compare that to the experience over at county government. You compare that to other experiences that you had mm-hmm. in the past up to this point. All those aha moments where you said, boy, you know, I could see culturally there might be a need for a shift, a dynamic adjustment, a change, a dynamic that you grew out of, but you Mm -hmm. took those same core values, brought them forward into another organization, affected that change, and you may not have seen it right away, but that rippled, and it It may still be there till today. You know what? It it. It, it is uh, because one of the people I work with at the county uh, in training now, up until he retired a couple of months ago, um, he was leading it. And uh, and he called me like two years ago. He's like, hey, he retired. Want- uh, now he retired. Yeah. Oh, wow. We should you have done him. a special retirement show for him. Yeah, yeah, but oh. <laughs> yeah, we should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we okay, should. okay. Just a mental note at the back of the head. Uh, we're not going to say his name, but please no. feel free to reach out. Let's do a retirement special for the guy when yes. he's ready, when he's yes. ready to decompress. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, go yeah. ahead. So um, um, he called me back. Uh, he called me a couple of years ago and say, hey, I'm running the team. I, w- I want you back here. What can we do? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Absolutely and- nothing. Have and you, I told him, look, you, do you know what free cheddar bay biscuits mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie, right? It, it, it's I did tell him that, bro, I love working with you, but you can't afford me right now, man. With the amount of heartache that I'm going to have there, because you know how I am. I want to I, I want to affect change. Yeah. And if I'm going to feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall, I'm not going to. And then I'm going to turn into the the other ricky which is uh, i'm just gonna do whatever i want if somebody tells me about it right and i i didn't think that was conducive at that point in my career not at all i'm, they, like, I'm, I'm they, not gonna do that <laughs> they want and deserve pretty ricky they don't need angry ricky it, it, a, look i have yet to find pretty ricky so um and so angry <laughs> ricky is out there quite a bit why, why um, is no, it that every ricky i know has two sides like that <laughs> every ricky i know there's a buddy of mine by the name of ricky up here amazing football player but there's good ricky and bad ricky you don't want bad ricky you want good ricky but when bad ricky shows up it's very bad it's not the good it's very bad i can switch it up pretty good man it, it's uh because i could be i could be i just want to meet one ricky that's one ricky no, no, you won't. You won't. Yeah, you won't. And, and uh, and you know what? And I've been told that because I've done, I've done grievances that's real serious. And then later on that day, some of the people in, in the grievances in a pre-approved class that they have to go through. And then I do the team building, Ricky. And they're like, "What the? Where was the guy who was so serious in front of the mayor 
and the union uh, three hours ago. And I'm like, that's the other Ricky. That's the serious Ricky. Before we continue with your timeline, why is that important? Why is that important to be able to draw that line, to make that differential in personality, demeanor? And a lot of times people say, don't compartmentalize. A lot of times people say, bring it out and just be the whole person. But it's important to have these defined lines as you're dealing with very hard defined processes behind the scenes, right? So yes, so that so thank you for biting down on that because that part's important. Um, when 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 people say don't compartmentalize it, and when people say just be you, it, it, it's those two are not they're not mutually exclusive. It, it, it's it's you have to be everything. You have to be yourself and take what you know about the audience and what you want to see out of that interaction with that specific audience at that time. And you have to mold your communication styles in a way that they walk away with whatever message you wanted them to walk away with. You have to know how to change that. If I did team building Ricky in a serious sexual harassment hearing, it's not going to go over very well. If I do serious Ricky in a jovial team building event, that goal of building the team is not going to go over very well. So you have to adjust that communication style. So I don't know if I've had that training and development, that, that, that training and employee relations job where I did both opposites of that spectrum in one day. I don't know if I'll, if I'll be able to do that today if it wasn't for that. I, I, I hope that makes sense because it's really hard to do um, without changing who you really are. Because for the longest time, it, it, GC, to be honest, I've, I've been, whenever I do an interview, I, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've always put on the face that I thought they wanted to see. And I hated it completely. And and then I changed that whole realm like the, later like on. Like the face the that you felt the candidate wanted to see or the face that you feel the employer wanted to see? The face that the employer wanted to see. Right? And and and, and I hated it because oh, I thought it was disingenuous. With you as the candidate, no, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Me, me I'm as the sorry. candidate. I thought yeah. you were talking about you interviewing people. Okay, no, no, so my you bad. as the candidate. So, so what? What are you talking about then? So, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that um, my goal for the first part of my career, I want to say the first eighty percent of my career, has been Sergeant Harding. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, Stay fake confident. it till you make it. More money, more yeah. money, more money. Get promoted, get promoted, get promoted. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. There's there's a methodology to there's it. There's a but, balance. But there's a balance. What did you find through that? Um, I found that yes, uh, hard work plus perseverance equals success. It is true, but you gotta slow down and take an assessment on how you're doing it because at some point you're gonna you're gonna decalibrate of what's important to you. And I've noticed that what's important to me is being authentic. And I started getting away from that because the real Ricky was completely different than the Ricky that was being interviewed. And I didn't like it. it I didn't feel good, but I, I thought at the time that's what I had to do. And it wasn't until my time at Darden, my time at uh, Orange County that I'm like, I, I no, there's got to be a better way to, to, uh, to uh, do this. Right. So, and, and, and I'm going to tell you what I did as a result of that, like right now. So, um, Darden, it's two years there left. Um, they had a bad downturn in 2013, so they started letting go a lot of people, being laid off. Right? Gave you know. So you got nuts. laid off again? 
or you yeah. left before being laid off? So here's the thing, right? So Darna was starting to be really, really, really tough on me. And the reason it was because I, they were, I was flying all over the place. And I mean, all over New York, Chicago, LA, all these places. And, I, and, and that was right before my son was born. So, you know, I went to my wife and, you know, one summer I'm like, you know what? We're doing pretty good. What if I just resign and I just continue to teach and consult? Because, oh, yeah, I forget. Yeah. So I've been consulting on the side too. <laughs> so I started a company called Biosco Learning in the whole process. Completely missed that part. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, in 2009, right before I graduated from Rollins, I started Biosco Learning. And I was passively consulting. I had maybe one to two clients a year gotcha. just to keep my toe in the water. So amidst my, teaching and working at the different organizations and traveling all over the country. I was, I was, I'm an all. expert at time management. Yeah. I'm an expert yeah. in time management. And that's before <laughs> my son was born. That was even more interesting. Um, yeah. So then I, uh, I, uh, I got, um, uh, so what, my wife and I were talking and I'm like, you know what? I could just resign because I hated coming home with a knot on my chest, you know? And she's like, is it really that bad? And I'm like, you know what? What am I, a punk? You're right. Is it really that bad? I can do this. Three months later, we have that conversation. Hey, here's what we're doing. Boom, 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 boom with the job. I was mad for a second, a hot second. And I'm like, oh, okay. They gave me a beautiful service package, man. I could not. I am not going to. It's. I was happy. You so still get right. free, uh, free crab legs. No, uh, Red Lobster doesn't belong to them anymore. Oh, got so, it. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that happened the end of 2013, and then at the end of 2013, I was like, uh, uh grew my beard out. I was consulting left and right, and uh, I started to realize that I am not a good candidate to work from home 100 percent of the time. <laughs> brother let me tell you man when you are as chatty as i am and you need contact with people right about a month after working from home and you know and 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 i i got two clients at at this point who don't like to send stuff via email they still use dhl ups and the postal service to sign contracts it's uh, when the uh, UPS guy would come over. Hey, here you go. Hey, buddy, come on in. Hey, you want some coffee? How about the Yankees? Blah, 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 blah. I just want to talk to somebody. He's like, I got routes to run and he leaves. Next thing you know, I got another guy to follow. And we got, got the, I think he filed a complaint. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> dude, and, and I'm just sitting there just talking to my dog, right? And, uh, and my wife, who's in the healthcare industry, she would get home. Um, and she, all she wants to do is just spend time at home. And all I want to do is get the hell out the house. Right. So it just wasn't working. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do this job for this company, uh, Sears home improvements and, um, uh, this, um, uh, training and development job. And then, uh, the guy was working with like, Hey, you know, they're hiring, right? And I'm like, no, he's like, yeah, man, they're hiring. They need an HR manager. What do you think? Like, nah, I'm good. I'm, mm, I'm not interested. Uh, couple of months go by, um, he, he hits me up again. He's like, hey, that position's still empty. So anyway, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll go. And, and Jim, JC, Jim, whatever. Anybody knows you. I'm driving there, and I'm thinking, you know what? This is a great opportunity for me to just test on my theory, right? 
I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to care. I'm just going to be me. The Ricky you see today right now is the Ricky I was in that interview. Because what's the worst that can happen? They're going to give me a job that I never had that I don't really need at the time. So, <laughs> right? Perfect environment for me to test out my theory. Right. And, and my theory is just go in there, be you, right? Because you don't want to put on the face you have been putting on before because six months later, they're going to find out who you really are. Yeah, and exactly. Think, makes things weird. Exactly. So I'm going to go there and be me. And if they like it, right, they'll hire me and it's meant to be. And if they don't like it, they won't hire me. And it wasn't meant to be anyway because I'm not going to get up there and lie. Uh, so I get there. They interview me, bro. And <laughs> Uh, I remember vividly, man. It was the uh, it was the uh, the VP, the man, the, the person that was going to be my manager, and two of their top lieutenants. They're asking me all these questions, and I'm just talking to them as calmly and as chilled as I'm talking to you right now. And they're asking me what I really think about HR, and I tell them, well, here's what society thinks about HR, but here's what I think about HR, and I tell them all these things that are really unconventional for an HR person to uh, to say. And one of the biggest questions they asked me uh, that I remember this is, um, uh, was that is it's to you, what does HR mean to you? And that's like the, the third time they asked me that question, but in different ways. So I got annoyed because I'm like, you're, you're trying to catch me in a lie. All right, look, any of you seen The Godfather? And I, and I think I've used this reference here when Lieutenant Colonel Lucia was here. Yes, yes. So I did the whole Godfather thing, right? And and um, about how how the VP is is the Godfather, and the top lieutenants are the ones that do everything. But I'm the consigliere. I, I'm the one that tells her A, B, or C, and I let you know which was more uh, profitable for us and which was not. But at the end of the day, you make that call. And they're just looking at me like like big eyes. Now I misread it because I'm thinking I am so not getting this job. <laughs> right? But they were big eyes, like oh my god, this is our guy. Yeah, no, like, oh, my God, I've never heard anybody in HR say that about HR because everything they've heard up to that point has been, well, my job is to make sure the company doesn't do anything that what might get them in trouble, blah, 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 you know, the standard HR thing. Sure. And how they, and how they fight with operations about what the operations should be able to do. And that is a key thing with the HR ops relationship. There's no fighting. If you start off with, hey, we got to fight about this, you're going to have an issue throughout. Building relationships again. So they've never heard that before. And I'm dropping S-bombs left and right, bro. In the interview. Because I, did, I didn't care. <laughs> I did not care, JC. Right? You didn't bring a sandwich in there with you too, did you? No, no, right? That was, right. I mean, I, I didn't I know was how far you up, went, right? right? No, no. I was just, I was unbelievably comfortable. Uh, in, de- in demeanor and conversation, yes, right. everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I'm just, I'm just sitting down, relaxed. You're still in a suit. You're not yeah. in jeans or shorts. I'm not flops. nervous at all because right. I didn't care. Yeah, and and that was an aha moment for me. And that was seven years ago, six seven years ago. And uh, and I got in my car, and it's an hour drive home. And not twenty minutes into the drive, they call me, and and the recruiter who was not in the interview was um okay ricky normally i ask how do you think it went but i'm i'm just gonna skip that i'm gonna tell you how it went actually i'm gonna ask you what the hell happened in there <laughs> he told me just like that i'm like what do you mean jeremiah right. uh and, and he's like they are over the moon excited they want you to can, can you start in three days i'm like whoa no 
um, I'm going <laughs> I can. He's like, well, what? It's not like you have anything else. You're not putting a two week notice, are you? I'm like, no, I don't. But I'm going to Puerto Rico in, in four days. Yeah. And I got to be there for a week. So I'm going to start the following week then. He's like, okay, I'll let them know. They want you to start ASAP. Yeah. Well, ASAP. after I get back from Puerto Rico, I told yeah, you. So I told him that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Went to Puerto Rico, got back. Yeah. I started and it was a hot mess, JC. No new employer orientation. Here you go. Just start. Oh, you had to start from the bottom. Bro. Like, <laughs> like you're in charge of the whole thing, but you had to start everything from square one there was nothing left for you nothing how long had it been since they had someone like doing that for them um i think about 10 years oh my god (laughs) because the last person that was there i've I've never met her my understanding that she ruled with an iron fist right sure um but there was nothing so uh new employer orientation is me spending two days trying to figure out who in it can get me my login credentials because two days later i have no idea what my email is i nobody get there was no preparation at and all. you gave them an extra week and four days dude <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing man so yeah. so 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 i'm thinking i'm not oh god this is one of those places i am not I am not going to last here. Right? I'm not going to be here for two or three months. Yeah, that's right? the place you wind up staying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, 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 because yeah. you know what? You built your house. Exactly. Exactly. So I I was operating under the wrong assumption that if they got their shit together, they have everything else together. And that's wrong because Darden has their stuff together when it came to that. But as far as how to how to lead and manage, I mean, yeah, they paid you well. But the way they led was a little bit odd, right? Um, I mean, that, that's why they had the shakeups that, that, that they had. Um, but I started thinking, wait a minute. Maybe this is my opportunity to build that house. So, okay. So that's exactly what I did. So I didn't look at it as, whoa, oh, whoa, this house is horrible. I can't work under these conditions and leave. And I looked at it from the, from the point of view of, what, here's my opportunity. I've been screaming for this opportunity for the longest time. Yeah. I get to build my own HR team from scratch. Shit, that's what I'm going to do. And I did it. And it has been a heck of a ride I'm sorry. since then. You said you did it or you didn't? No, I did it. Thank I you. Did- <laughs> There's no, I have I, bad hearing. I, I didn't hear you fully. I got you. I didn't know how casual you were right now. How South, <laughs> how South Bronx you went on me. You know? Our coffee. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, um, um, I started working there sure. and I, I've always said this about about this company and, and everything you read in I almost say comic books, everything you read in leadership books about what leadership and HR business partnership should be like, the, the theory, it really is an application of this organization. That's why I'm still there. It, it, it's it's you've got I've got an amazing team amazing leadership and awesome, awesome business partners. And, 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 and what about what you read in the comic books? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit upset about how Iron Man is being portrayed, but you know what? You know, right. it, it's probably Donnie Jr. really sold it. I'm okay with that. Um, no, but um, uh, it, it's, it's, I've grown with this organization. It has given me so many opportunities. And my position there now, I've been promoted a few times. My position there now is radically different than when it was there six seven years ago um but right now i've got a great team and and by great i mean the business partners that i have in other organizations i've noticed that the business partners talk to you because they want to check a box 
these guys talk to you because they truly do value what HR brings to the table. And, and it's, they, they don't make a move until HR is brought in. And I don't tout that as in, ha you need me. No, I tout that as, okay, that is what a leader is. A leader is knowing what the opportunities are in the team and bringing people from the outside that you believe can bring that value to that team. And that's what they do. They do a really good job of that. Um, yeah, come on the way till right now. And uh, what, two years ago was when we started this venture right here? Yeah, um, yeah. With, two, uh, two, three years. Something two, like that. two, three there, years. There's now. a whole first season that had to get rebranded due to... Legalities, did, yeah. there was a whole thing. COVID nineteen, COVID yeah. COVID ten. That's what it was. <laughs> um, no, but oh, but wait, this is a great story. Um, so, um, two thousand seventeen. Yes. No, wait. Two two thousand ten. I graduate from from Rollins, right? And uh, I get a <laughs> one of my uh, teachers who was the dean. Uh, it's, I'm I'm not going to say his name, um, but it's a. Uh, He's been there for a long time, long time, right? And I remember telling him, I'm like, hey, uh, I love teaching. If you ever have an opportunity, let me know. Now, I figure that I'll just throw a stab in the dark, right? Because I'm thinking a year goes by, he hasn't called me. Two years go by, 2012, he hasn't called me. Until 2017, my phone rings, and I still have his number in there. I'm like, oh, it's Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. I'm like, hey. And he's like, hey, hi, Ricky. Are you still interested in teaching? Bro. I'm like, uh. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. This is seven years later, bro. Seven Didn't years later. You. Did not he forget you. Bro, he's asking me this as if we just had that conversation three days ago. It's fantastic. It's amazing. And I'm like, uh, yeah, excellent. Meet me for lunch next week, 2 p.m. I'm like, okay, sure. And I meet with him, and uh, um, he wants me to teach the employer relations class for uh, the master's program for, for, for Rollins. Wow. That's nice. a big deal, bro. Yeah, yeah that, it is. that, those it's are the hard Harvard to come of the by. South, man. Yeah. Well, the Southeast. So then, yeah. Well, Southeast, yeah. So then um, um, <laughs> we're, I'm going through all these things, and I'm asking him, and I'm like, so, so is there a syllabus? No, you build it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, is there a process? No, all on you. I'm like, okay. Are there objectives? I'm like, yes, they have to meet A, B, C. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So here and it's I am. All on you. I get to create the HR environment that I want to expose these students to. Right? It's not something that's been passed down. This this is key here, right? Because in all these schools, all these syllabuses and all these books, everything are put together and they got to make sure they're consistent. Here's this guy who I appreciate him remembering me seven freaking years later. Right. Right. And says, hey, here you go. Develop it. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what I did. So I'm either. So they say you have to use this book. The book is $130, but it's my choice on whether I want to use that book or not. I look at the book and I'm like, this is an HR. This is personnel. This is HR from the 1980s, right? So you wrote so, you wrote a new book. No, um, I you wrote should. I I wrote a syllabus, and the 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 syllabus revolved around a fifteen dollar book on Amazon. 
because that book was more relevant about HR today than that other academic book that was relevant 30 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I told, I told the, uh, the, the students, you can buy the book if you want, but we're not going to use it because it's not going to help you. My goal here today is not only to teach you the theories that make you a great HR business partner, we're going to focus on that partnership word here in just a bit. But when you go home tonight, you process it and you go to work tomorrow, you can implement what you learned just 12 hours before. That was my goal. And I built my classes that way. So now I got recruitment selection retention. I got employment and labor law. I got employer relations and I got team building. So, it's so a big dude, deal. It, it's a big no, deal. It is. And you're and shaping I, the future. That's what I like to think. That's what I like to think. And so, so now or you contributing just to that. Well, here's the thing. You just made a lot of people cringe with that comment, right? Because they're like, oh my God, they're all going to be like Ricky. Which, no, right? <laughs> so that's not what I'm saying, right? Well, what I'm teaching these students, um, I'm teaching them that... You You're teaching them to think for themselves, though, at the same yes, time. Yes. Right. Yeah. Be, be authentic to yourself, but take this information that I'm giving you, process it, and then you put it back to the world in your own way. Don't do it like I do it. It's not going to work. You got to do it how you do it. And before you go work anywhere... You don't spit out policies. You build relationships. That's the first thing you do. So the first couple of um, uh, chapters in every class, regardless of what I'm teaching, it's all about relationship building. That's all it is. Because without any of that, JC, nothing else is going to work, especially if you expect other people to buy whatever you're selling. So in the relationship building thought process, in organization X, you have someone that's been there for 15, 20 years, well-respected, does all these key projects, et cetera, et cetera, has a vision for how things should be and keeps receiving opportunity to do a lot. And then you've got new blood coming in, new blood interviewing, new people with different radical thoughts or being authentic in different ways, and, and they just put it out there. And continually, uh, they get shot down again and again and again and again. Because they're not conforming hmm. to the vision of what this this essential person feels that they need to obtain. It's not until that roadblock is influenced to change or moves on or something happens where that organization is ever going to evolve unless there's shift or adjustment above that person. Because you're, you're going to keep turning away this new blood, right? Yeah. And, and you are, but some comp but here's what people need to understand. If you run across a company that way, that's perfectly okay. You have to decide whether you want to stay there or go somewhere else. If you decide to stay there and you decide you want to affect change from the inside out, you have to, before you embark on that, you got to go home and look in the mirror and take a really good assessment of your skill set and your tolerance level. Because you can be really motivated, really passionate. But if you get to your goal with that motivation and that passion at the cost of your mental health, then what's the That's point? That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Exactly. Yeah. So, so make a decision. Make a decision on what you want to do. And, and I say that because this is something I have to work on, on me, JC, is that I, I have no tolerance for pity parties. I hate them. 
I cannot stand when somebody says, oh, poor me, poor me. It, it, you've lost me. You've lost me, lost me. Now, um, I say that's an opportunity because I know there's some people who just don't know any other way how to deal with things. So I've got to be flexible with that. So I get that. But I'm just being genuine with you right now and say that that just does not fly with me. And as, as soon as I hear that the reason you're stuck in that job that you hate is because the whole world has done you wrong and poor me, poor me, poor me. I'm done with you. I'm done. And, and that, has, that has messed up some, some personal relationships that I've had in the past. And I've, I've, I've struggled with that, but I've made peace to it. And I'm like, you know what? That's negativity in my life I don't need. But the things you're talking about right now for the going back to the start of our talk today, when we think about that prospective student just graduating high school, facing adversity already in the adjustment of life that we're all living through and, and choosing early on to make a commitment to this career path, hearing your words now, 30, 40 years later, after you first started your your path here and and how old am i (laughs) so 50 years later you now have this advice (laughs) and it's that 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 sharing of the information though and instilling the thought process in others that could help other people see that bigger picture from an earlier step you didn't the way you think about things and the way that you teach that class and the the way that you approach your team right now and the way that you've built everything that's not the same way that you you faced everything when you first stepped up at Hewitt. That's no, 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 no. no there's no a way. big evolution. No way. Yeah. There's a lot that Huge. happened. I mean, heck, you even have more post nominals that you didn't even talk about, right? <laughs> you know, <And laughs> I those came so, into play somewhere. They did, uh, but then this will be an eight part series, and it, it's people get bored by part two, so it's okay. So no, but look, look, it, it, it's you're 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 hating on something sensitive there, right? Uh, because if you would have given me a team to manage an HR team to manage back in my HEWA days, either I would have been fired or they would have quit because that it's, I did not have the capacity or the mental aptitude to lead an HR team effectively the way it needs to. Right now. Yes. The Marine Corps teaches you leadership qualities, right? Uh, but that's, it's, that's a different leadership style than what you need to be in HR. If I make a mistake in HR, okay, maybe we'll lose some money and things would happen, but the next day we're there. If you make a mistake in the Marine Corps, people die and the world changes. So it, it's something completely different. Um, so I, everything I've learned along the way, and I've had my share of reporting to horrible, and I mean horrible leadership. And I'll, I'm not going to say anything. We don't have to unpack were. that if you don't want to. No. no. I'm going to unpack where they were because a lot of people listening know who they are, uh, Orange County and Darden. Now, you have some good leadership there, too. You really have. But I had the opportunity to really see what horrible leadership is like. I'm not complaining. All I'm saying is I learned from that because there's two kinds of people in this world. There's the people who learn when they see something happen, and there's people who learn when they get burnt for touching the hot stove. So I've seen what it is to be a leader with no spine. I've seen what it is to be a somebody who leads with an iron fist and leads by fear. And that's, that taught me a lesson because it taught me a lesson to be more human, 
taught me a lesson to be more influential, but most importantly, it taught me a lesson to empower your team and not feel not feel intimidated when you let your team take the spotlight. Yes, you are going to have some team members that are smarter than you. That's perfectly okay. If you feel intimidated by letting somebody else on your team who reports to you that's smarter than you take the spotlight, you have no reason being a leader. Elevate them. Let them do it. I don't think I've had that skill set to do that back in my Hewitt days, but everything that's happened to me from then up until right now, and that's what I'm teaching, it's to be the person who, who's smart enough to bring people together, then pause, take a step back, and let them run the freaking show. Sometimes you do need to redress a fact of communication through the steps of the process, though, too. Maybe Correct. continue to reinforce your vision and mindset and and express things to your teams so that they stay on track. Not that you have to break everything all the way back down to square one again, but you're you're reinforcing the fact that, hey, you got this. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Mm-hmm. Just remember X, Y, Z while you're doing it or however <laughs> your, your, uh, no, your correct. style is though. Right. Well, see, so that's my style. My style is I, I am, I take calculated risk. I'm perfectly okay. I'm vulnerable. I'm okay in being vulnerable in, um, making mistakes in front of, um, uh, sensitive stakeholders. And that takes courage. One of these days, I hopefully never comes, but I think one of those days that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. But I'm not going to lie. Just being that vulnerable and taking those risks is where it got me to, to where I'm at today. You do something <laughs> wrong. Do you tell them? Do you own it? Do you try to cover no, it? Abso- no, 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 no. Absolutely own it. Own it, own it, own it. Again, exactly. my, my foundation is being transparent and being authentic. I would never, I would never lie to them. And what does that mean, right? If they ask me information that I'm not supposed to share with them, I'll just say that, right? I'm not going to say I have no idea. No, I'll say um, I have the answer to that. I can't share with you at, 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 at this time. And that's weird for somebody to hear the first time, but they respect it later, right? So I, I, I thrive on being authentic and I thrive on being transparent, as transparent as I can, one way or another. But you have to instill that in students. You have to instill that in people because I got to tell you, JC, it's it's what I am seeing today. The people who are going into the workforce, I'm seeing a lot of people who have been coddled. I've seen a lot of people who have not been given the opportunity to work through their emotions, through their what they want to do with life. And it's all playing out in the adult world of the workforce. Frustratingly, there's also a huge cross-section of your generation who is still held back, who has not received their opportunities yet, who are striving for that next step and reaching that bar, and they haven't gotten there yet. Not anything against them for their trials and tribulations and efforts, but people work longer in the workforce now than what they used to. You see people yeah, stick true. around yeah. at organizations a lot longer. It be it would be really interesting statistically to see what the uh, what the overall generational cross section of people in the workforce is now compared to where it was like back in the day. In a way, you know, you know, yeah it 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 would be interesting to uh, to see that. But you know, it, it it's we're talking about twenty year span, and um, in the next twenty years. 
whatever we're talking about now is going to be primitive to whatever's going to come in those next 20 years. And it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. The question is, are you going to stay in that primitive mindset or are you going to go ahead and embrace whatever that new realm, that new change is going to be? So a lot of the issues we're having today is people stay in that primitive, primitive mindset yeah. to where they were growing up in their career. It's one, one, one organization in particular here in the Central Florida area. Every other organization is working from home. This organization is still not. Now, it's not illegal not to do so, but because they've never, ever implemented a work-from-home program, they're still in the mindset of the 1980s, and they're still today. In, in 2020, they still don't want to do it. Yeah, send so, me a fax. That, <laughs> send me a page, dot, dot, 911. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> if they don't hop on that horse, it, it, it's guess what? They're not going to go out of business because customers won't see them. They're going to go out of business because they can't find anybody to hire if they keep going that route. And we're on the cusp of a new era, a new era of potential, more more potential virtual spaces. Let's be honest. We are. These yeah, next two correct. years are going to be instrumental to shape the future for the next 20. These next two years are going to be so critical. They really are. <laughs> and And a lot of organizations have already adopted and affected change to their daily operational structure, et cetera. But as we build new norms and and fall into new patterns of life, how much of that could be done in a different way that trims out uh, the the overhead that's associated with having to house thousands of people <laughs> underneath one brick and mortar facility, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it's 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 all of, again. It's all about the organization who's willing to be progressive and the organization who's willing to stay under uh, the legacy years. And it, it's what you as a business owner decide to do that you you got to be careful because that is who you're going to attract. That is exactly who you're going to attract. And if your competition is embracing what this new normal is going to be like, I got news for you. Get ready because you're not going to survive. You're not going to survive at all. And, and you know what, JC, and, and I'm going to bring this up here. Um, this past week has been weird for me. Why? And it's been weird. I'm learning something. If about this is a whole pity party, I'm out and I'm going to tune you out and I'm not gonna, I'm going <laughs> to do exactly what you told me to. No, tune me out. That's fine. Um, I'm learning something about Twitter is that people on Twitter are batshit crazy. People on Twitter are batshit crazy, bro. They're batshit crazy. And here's what I mean. Um, I, I saw something on there. Uh, somebody posted something about $600. The $600 that the that this CARE Act is kicking in, the federal government is kicking in for the people who got furloughed or got impacted by COVID-19. And somebody said that uh, employee, employees don't want to go back to the employer because they make more um and unemployment and saying about what kind of a crappy employer do you have to be some something along those lines what kind of crappy employer do you have to be to create an environment where associates uh would rather stay home and i responded with well if you're that kind of an employee that you rather stay home and make more money and i rather live off the system then maybe you're a lazy employee right and oh my God, everybody. Oh, you took a hit? Oh, did I took take a, a hit? hit? Yeah. Dude. Where was <laughs> this? I didn't get to read this. Oh, dude. But dude, you, you, okay. I'll, it, it's just look at uh, uh, okay. uh, my personal Twitter. Right. Uh, Ricky Bias HR. All right. 
And holy crap, people came out of the woodworks talking about that I'm greedy. What kind of what kind of a greedy employer am I? That I don't want to pay people. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You never I said never that. said that. Right. I never said that. All I said that if you are this kind of an employee, then maybe, then maybe there's a reason for it. And the example I gave, uh, because we kept going back and forth, and you know me, I love a good argument, right? And sometimes I jump in waters I should not be jumping into because, yeah, I get bored, right? So we start going back and forth. And again, the, the, what I'm telling them is, is that, look, um, are there crappy employers out there? Yes. Are there crappy employers out there that pay the minimum uh, allowed by the law? Yes. Okay, fine. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the employer who really pays for talent because you have to admit, right, you're not going to pay somebody more than what you're supposed to pay just because it's a livable wage because that's their argument. You, you got to pay a livable wage. Okay, what is that? What's that livable wage? You can't answer me that. You, you cannot answer that question for me. If you can't hire people at $10 an hour to do that job, Clearly, it's not a livable wage. But here's the thing. If people still apply for it, what does that tell you about the market and demand at that level? Right? Exactly. So so, so here's my thing. And, and this goes along the lines of the fight for 15 thing, right? Right. Twitter is such an odd platform to have this conversation because you only have 100 or 200 characters to make your point for something really complex. And you know what, though, JC? This isn't really that complex. But what I'm saying is, is that there's some people who still do not know how to separate their emotion from rationale. They don't. And the point of me telling you that story is that everybody that's punching me in the gut on Twitter are responding emotionally. And what I'm telling them is, I'm telling them is like, look, yes, they're crappy companies out there. They are. Don't work for them. Don't work for them at all. And then somebody else says, oh, this is the kind of HR person that normally says, if you don't like the job you got, then go work somewhere else. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> if you don't like it, go somewhere else then. And then they come back you're not with, say, well, they you're not that saying that, though, because you're D define why you're saying that. Define why you're saying that, if I may. I'm saying that because if you are working for an organization and you are not happy with the money you're getting and you want more money instead of sitting at home bitching and complaining about it do something about it you're saying it from the perspective of the employee not the perspective of the employer you're saying it from the employee both, perspective both the, actually though well both yes but you're you're being very clear in that you do have the control over your future you, you could potentially find something more there is yes. something more out there. Sometimes a business can only go so far anyways. And you're only the consigliere. You're not the godfather. You don't make the decision, <laughs> right? Right. No, I don't. I don't, right? But you know what, though, JC? It, it, it's, it's what I saw is that people don't want to hear facts. They don't, right? And, and, and it's I have to make a decision. Do I sit there and argue with them about something I know they're not going to be rational about? No, because they're just emotionally invested in their in, in their agenda. And if you if you even remotely suggest that their agenda is a little bit off balance, then they get even more emotional on you. So I'm like, all right, I'm just you're triggered. Let me take a step back then. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, um, 
what I want to tell the, the, the students of HR, what I want to tell the business uh, partners who really want to take more of a, uh, of a detailed HR approach, all I'm saying is this. It's facts, data, the right data is important. I know people say numbers don't lie. That's bullcrap. Numbers tell the story you wanted it to tell. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. So, so yeah, so but but at the end of the day, never ever forget about the H in that HR, and that's what you need to be. You need to be a human that is rational. Yes, have emotion, but there has to be a good balance on when you dish out that emotion and when you dish out that rationale. Because it's I could just hear right now, three years from now, Ricky said you got to be more rational than emotional, and then next thing you know, people are going to be out there. Um, not telling people happy birthday, not caring if the mother passed away. No, there's got to be a balance, man. And people have to find their own best balance. And and it's weird because in HR, if you don't have that balance, uh, it, it's either you get promoted or you get fired. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> it depends on the organization. Ooh, this guy's cold-blooded. He'd be great as a VP. <laughs> no, not doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Baez, we are we are around that five to six hour mark on your life story at this time. Just kind of putting everything together and and thinking about all the stuff that you shared. You shared a lot. You shared a lot. I've got one important question for you. Okay. Just tying everything together. What's next? Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, I know what I want to be next. Um, what? Look, my goal, my goal, and 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 I'm 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 about eighty percent there. Um, I have Biasco Learning. Uh, I I I am gaining more clients because things are getting a little bit weird in the world today. I am um dedicating a, a lot more time uh to that craft. And uh, yeah, we are. Uh, we what's next is the Biasco learning process going full time, going full time, and that's what I wanted to talk to you a couple of days ago because the website, so as of the day this is going to go out, it's 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 going to change. So it, it's not even anything to do with the podcast. So you have no, 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 no future plans with this? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 oh, wait. Okay, wait. you're scaring me. By it, Biasco learning is the mothership, is it not? Oh, that's right. So well, wait a minute. Biasco I thought we learning. worked for the face. No, 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 no. It's like, a very convoluted, confusing lineage. It really like, is. It, lineage, it really, but it's okay. It's all the sign that nobody knows umbrella. who the Godfather is. We're under the umbrella. I understand. Yes. Right. So um, so right now, um, what my next six months are going to look like is more procurements of accounts, more procurement of, uh, of, uh, of um, clients. And the Biasco Learning um, uh, face is going to be more relevant in these next six months. And then the HR Talk podcast is going to be even bigger on a bigger scale. So there's going to be more time dedicated to that next evolution in this HR career, which is going to be, I think we've built enough of a fan base. We've built enough of a of an impact in the space that people are looking at this whole environment like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> Rick, are you kidding me right now? Are you this kidding me right different. now? Yeah. But for anyone that's not aware, okay, we'll get done with the show and we'll publish this. We might mention some current event topics. We might not. But the thing that we'll find is between the Monday and the Thursday after the show <laughs> releases, 
many of the core topics or things that we drill in on, other people are yes. stepping up and carrying that torch, <laughs> expanding on that torch, writing articles, getting published in Forbes. You might see a, a news story on one of the major <laughs> networks that shall not be named uh, covering <laughs> things that we've discussed here, but a little bit more in-depth or from a different angle. There, There is a, a serious movement of empowering and influencing that's taking place here. And uh, it's it's pretty powerful, and it's haunting at the same time. <laughs> so, look, um, you and I have talked about this offline, but I'm about to bring that offline conversation online. So uh, sometimes we talk about something, and then either you or I, I'm like, oh, my God, look, this news outlet, it's doing it exactly when we did it 48 hours ago. Yeah. And, and at first, I'm like... <sighs> Like almost stealing quotes from you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's just a coincidence. Never whatever. from me. People don't quote and, me much, you know. <laughs> but then you tell me, look at this. And I'm like, oh, that's a coincidence. You know what? And then the, you, uh-huh. I'm going to cut your story short if you don't support no. the fact that people do sometimes quote me. I'm getting Sweet there. Relax. Jesus. I'm I'm getting there. I'm right. getting there. All right. I'll relax. So hold on. Sorry. Right. So then Ooh, another week goes by. We do a topic and then this happens. Another week goes by. And then this time I'm like, okay, now they're quoting me. Another week they're quoting JC. Hold up. There's no more of a coincidence <laughs> here. Right. Because I am there's the most not. cynical guy out there. Right. And and, and I'm thinking, God, I got And, and, and Ricky, there's not. There's not. At the end of the day, I can verifiably tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is not. We do have people that listen to the show. There's yeah, people do, that yeah. I've, I've known for years. And it's not just on me. There's people that you've networked with at conferences. There's people that tune in and, and tap in and, and get into this program. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we open the coffers to say, hey, you know, share your feedback, you can remain anonymous. Eh, maybe one in a hundred will do that. Yeah. But the other 99 of them, they're, they're still listening. And they're moving forward. And out of those 99, there's a core 20 to 30 that are actually in some key positions out there that are like, you know what? It's time. Let's hit the gas on this. Let's hit the gas on that. And Let's, they do it. And, and these <laughs> these are the movers. These are the shakers. These are the people doing it. So end of the day, there's there's some pretty pretty cool stuff going on. It's hard to quantify it, though, sometimes especially the way that the uh, regurgitation of cool works in the media cycle, like that, but it's, though. it's all good. It's all I good. Like it, what do you like? I, I, what do you like? I like? I like the fact that it's so mysterious that we can't quantify it. I, it, that, that, that it's, gives me chills. It's, it's not any one person. It's many people and it's many within a group and there's many different groups and those different groups influence other groups it's yeah. part of the larger collective the difference is though with this show we're taking every single article that you're going to read that will take if we take a news article that's in Forbes it's going to go into a deep dive mm-hmm. it won't be as deep a dive as maybe another hr or business related podcast will go into the depth of Hmm. We're pulling it all together. We're giving you all of it in one shot. And then, okay, you do want to go into a deep dive? Fantastic. Let's look up that law, get a labor attorney, and we're going to go two hours deep into XYZ and dissect it at a level that other shows can't do. And we're going to continue doing that because you know why? Why? We're good at it. That's why. That's why. Why are we good at it? Because we love what we do. 
We love no. what we do. No, not no, at all. You I hate it? I you hate, hate my what time. we do? I can't stand this. You <laughs> preaching for six hours? I had to do a, <laughs> I had to do a three-part special on you just to finally get this out. I'm hoping the rest of the year we could actually do regular shows now. My God. Well, this, is your, this is your idea. I know. You're like, I have an idea for you today. Yes. And I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? It's therapy in a way. We got your story out. <laughs> now you don't have to talk about your post-nominals anymore. It's therapy. You absorbed me sure. into your post-nominals over the past 60 days. I did. I did do that. that Why was funny. did you not update LinkedIn, by the way? I should I should. Update. You should I'm add WJC update. on the back end. I will. That. People are going to be asking me, what is that? Oh, look at episode 232. And uh, be it's, able to find you're that. WJC certified. You know, that's with JC <laughs> for anyone that doesn't <laughs> know. You know? I love it. I, I'm not on many shows. You know, so you are with JC. If I happen to go do another show, if I do commit to another program at some point in time as a primary co-host or a primary host, then that show could claim that they are WJC. They're with JC. But no, you get to have, you get to have that. You earn that, Rick. And That's that right. should be part of your post nominal. I I do expect to see. I'm gonna LinkedIn put it. I'm, I'm gonna put it in my uh, in my uh, in my resume and LinkedIn everywhere. People I love like, it. What is this? What is this certification? <laughs> It's got expensive. a story for you. Yeah. <laughs> it is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. This is priceless. Oh, it, awesome. it really is. Hey, you know what? I I know in my heart of hearts that someday uh, someone will be happy to have you. You know, I really do, and I, I wish you all the best moving forward. And and uh, it's been a pleasure working with you. And and I really do hope that uh, as you continue your transition that uh, you, you finally find that new inner peace in your new space. And whoa, 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 whoa. why are you talking like this is my goodbye party? Well, I thought you were leaving. <laughs> You're not no. leaving? Oh, What are you talking about? Oh, no. my God. Okay. Well, like, I, what, what? what are we doing here? Okay, good. I just want to make sure that contractually we're still going forward. Go. No, bro, okay, bro, go. bro. We're good. Look, Ooh. look, 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 look. My, my, my goal for 2020 is to take bicycle learning full time. Right. And and I'm I'm 80 percent there. And my also my my goal under that as well is to make HR talk more live shows with all the different events. That's 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 going on nationwide. Now, obviously, that took a hit with this COVID-19 thing. So I'm in talks uh, which a specific organization that remain nameless um, on hopefully late, later on this year to be the official HR talk podcast for that specific event. Love it. Um, and count me. In. I don't know if I share this. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I didn't share this last time. I just found out um, HR Florida happening at the end of August this year. And um, I'll be speaking. Uh, Summer's going to be speaking as well. Some Summer Sherrod. And then also uh, another friend of the show, uh, Mr. David Miklis is going to be speaking on there as well. Um, so look for the HR talk team to be in hr florida in one form or another but i will be there um on monday morning august 30th and my presentation is going to be five key ways to build an hr team that doesn't suck that's exactly the title and that's i don't like it live. i don't like your title i I, I i think you should change it just a little bit to what something exactly uh, take the positive end like you're using the word that doesn't suck, you know? What about the other way? Like five ways to build an HR team to dominate the world, you know? Like more of like a different, <laughs> you know, positive perspective rather than to build a team. Eh, it's not so terrible. <laughs> 
All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to give you five tips today on how to build a team that's kind of okay. You know what? It worked. It worked. You know, you know what's funny? Um, I, for See, years, kind of okay sounds that. better to me than it doesn't suck. Because, like, yeah, the, but, does, the radical thing with the doesn't suck thing, like, yeah, I get it. But, like, here's a, here's a way to build a team that's kind of okay. It's all right. <laughs> There's more you know humor it, in that to me. It, it gets people in the door. It yeah. gets people in the door. Hey, come on. Let's go find out. Let's hear that seminar. How to build a team that's kind of all right. <laughs> okay. So, so, so hold on. Hold on. Uh, and and, and, and you, parentheses wait. underneath that. And we have croissants. Five day old croissants. Also known as croissants. Um, so, two, two years ago, I spoke at HR Florida. And. Guess the name of that topic. Something that sucked. I don't know. Your, what was it? Your coaching sucks. See? <laughs> and it was at, at 7 a.m. on that Monday morning. And I'm like, they're giving me the 7 a.m. spot? Nobody's going to be there. Florida was there the night before, rocking the house for all the HR attendees. And I expect people to be in my session at 7 a.m. No. <laughs> the very next day. No, there'll be like three no. people. Packed house. Yeah. So. No, 48 people. Nice. 48 people showed up uh, for the. <laughs> Love it. I remember that because I'm like, I expected 15, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but in a room that holds 60, I'm like, oh, okay, good. I, I'm good with. with, uh, with All good. Uh, All good, brother. Good. But, but yeah, dude, that's coming up um, here here in a couple of months. Whether it's going to be on the ground at the Gilo Palms Resort in Orlando, Florida, or virtual has yet to be determined. This COVID 19 thing really threw a curveball in everybody's plans this year. Yeah, things are moving forward, too, with the. Um uh, 2020 Space Coast HR Conference as yes. well. Uh, they've got That's the date right. later in July. We'll be talking about that more as uh, the weeks go by, as everything does get firm to back up. Uh, it is locked in. It, they are still doing it live on location, yep. and we'll be talking about that more in the in the weeks to come. Um, and you're flying down for that because you're the MC. Yeah, that is correct, you are sir. The I can't, MC. Thank, they uh, have, can't yeah. thank that team enough for providing yes. that opportunity for me to step on the stage to still represent the organization and keep the flow of the day going. Uh, but they are, at the end of the day, some great people to work with and uh, really look forward to that one. And again, I- in the greater space of Biasco and HR Talk, uh, I need to step back and give the floor at this time to Ricky. He's got some very important things to say. Well, no, they're not that important. I, well, they kind of are. Well, I just wanted to throw out there that for Space Coast in July, yes, you will be here, but the HR Talk booth will also be there with some help, with some help. Um, uh, we are working on getting the face to uh, to be there live and signing autographs, and we're going to have a special intern helping us out that day. And that intern is Miss Summer Sherrod. She will be there as well. She'll be helping us out. While JC is now doing his thing, she and I are going to be in the hot seat talking and just making sure we get the whole podcast show going and keeping the face in check because we got a, he's like a tiger, man. We can't, he can't be trusted without supervision. I would like to uh, get her on the calendar then between now and then. Let's get her on the show so that uh, that. the audience could get to know her a little bit more so that she stopped by the table in Gainesville briefly and uh, y'all have been running around the same circles. You can see videos of her online. 
um, tons of videos of her doing stuff, you know. So it'd yeah. be great to get her on here and we just uh, do our thing with her for like a, okay. a good hour, hour and a half or like in today's case, just about two. With that being said, Ricky Baez, <laughs> over to you for some final thoughts and a wrap up on your life story. Um, I didn't think that you having this great idea two weeks ago is going to be coming to this three-part series. I'm not going to lie, man. It's a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, it's a, a lot of the stuff that I said, I've said for the first time in a large audience. So uh, it is what it is. But it has been fun. It's, it's been a pleasant surprise, though. Uh, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. But at the end of the day, folks, it, it, it's it's all I'm saying is, um, if you feel that you are hitting a slump in your career, I know it does feel like that's it. That's the end. And you just want to make a left and turn around through something else. And all, all I'm all I'm advising you is, is that don't let that short sightedness get to you. Just look at it as a learning opportunity because you're not going to realize the value of that lesson until much later on in life. Uh, that's 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 the best closing arguments i can say is that even the right term for this no I'm not, not at all it's not an argument it's not at all <laughs> no you're arguing with yourself good I ricky's arguing with bad ricky there's something going I on know, there. i know there's something going on dude what all are right, some of the best no. ways people can find you sir oh my goodness we are at podcast hr with twitter we are hr top podcast facebook and instagram you can email us hr talk at biasco call us 407-501-8425 jc we are now officially on tiktok we had a search a search a church session last night session 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 we had a session last night. Uh, the uh, HR Talk team had fun. But follow us on TikTok, uh, HR Talk Podcast Show. You see the face on there. I think it's um, just HR Talk Podcast now. I think it see, got updated. It the intern's updated? been doing a lot of work. You need to double man, check the handles. good for her. It's man. very good awesome, stuff. But very good stuff. We are there. Um, Biasco Learning will be launching a marketing campaign in these next couple of weeks uh, to to uh, to showcase our HR consultancy services, our lead management services, and our recruitment services. So you're going to see a lot of that coming in the social media here in just a bit. But yeah, give us a call. Let us know how you like the show. And what's that phone number? 407-501-8425. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my pleasure to be back on his show once again. <laughs> you love that, right? It's, it's, it's you like, love that. It's, it's like your permanent guest. What the right. hell, dude? This I know. Is our show. Am I a permanent guest? Is it ours or yours? This is our show, man. What are okay. you talking about? Well, thanks for letting me Come stop on, back dude. by, and it's been my pleasure. And uh, we'll try to keep this going. We look forward to talking again with all of you next week. In the meantime... As you're heading back out on the roads to get your tattoos and maybe go to green spaces and walk around. Drive safe, walk safe. Have a good night. Social distancing expired?